Welcome to another episode of Ray and Out of Tail, and I'm your host, Joe Zare Jr., and with me is my soon-to-not-be co-host, he's got a few episodes left, Ryan Greening. Hey, Joe. How's it going? I'm all right. How uh, are you? Pretty good. So, I was dropping Senior off at home from racing on Saturday, and he goes, hey, I found some stuff in the cubbyhole, some old BMX stuff. Come get it. It's like... <laughs> Okay. What'd you find? Some Z-Mags. Oh, I don't know what that is. They're the mags. uh, They're Z-Rims and Z-Mags, so they're like fiberglass mag rims built in the 80s. Oh, cool. So if you put them in the freezer, they'll straighten out. (laughs) And then just an old mid-90s quote-unquote Robinson fork, but it's got the Powerlite P stamped in by the dropout okay so yeah i got a couple of good wall hangers cool yeah oh man you should put those on on a frame set from the 80s well the, the for find sure yourself like a hutch why well, I, I don't even think you can find a reasonable hutch these no. days but... i i hate to say because i'm such a fanboy because it was my first bmx bike i would get a ripper and put them on that pk ripper right yeah on. Yeah. Yeah, so. it doesn't get a whole lot more vintage than that, so that makes sense. No. Um, I, I see a lot of stuff like that when I go to uh, Bike King. It's yep. a bicycle, store, bicycle shop in Invergrove Heights. Okay. And he does a lot of restores for people. So there's a, a lot of people in the Twin Cities that got some really cool vintage BMX bikes. Gotcha. You're a little fuzzy right now, but we'll power through it. I don't know if it's my end or your end. I'm I'm hearing fuzzy on your end too. That's strange. Um, hmm. Well, I think it'll be what it's gonna be. How about that? Yeah. Cause I hate to do this, but we have no sponsors and eh. So we're just gonna go as it is. We got a lot to cover tonight. So how about we start out with some moto sheets, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Um, hey, do you want to pause for a second? Sure, hold on one second, and we're... All right, we are back. We decided to reconnect, and it was a good decision. <laughs> so, anywho, yeah. So you said you uh, you dropped Senior off from racing. You guys went to Thunder Road, right? We went to Thunder Road last Saturday, and the Saturday before was the 510 trophy race. Cool. Uh, how did uh, how'd Thunder Road go? Thunder Road went very well. Um, so Brian put down a new layout, and it's one of those layouts. I walked in the door, I looked at it, and go, oh, shit. You know what I mean? It's like, today's going to be hell. But Why did you think that? It, ju- it looks hard. It's not. It just looks hard, okay? I put down my first battery pack. I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. Are you able to triple with a stock buggy? You mean that off-camber triple? Uh, so there, there's two triples. Towards the, the triple that's towards the uh, driver's stand. There's a triple in front of the driver's stand. I can make it no problem. Then there's a triple that's more towards the wall ride that's not being used right now. 
I can make it consistently in 13.5 buggy. I can make it in stock buggy, but missing it once is not worth it. Okay. So, sorry, I gotta, I had to put a wire on my mic. Um, but yeah, it was, dude, the layout's so much fun. Yeah, it, it looks like it, it would be. It's one of those things where I walk in skeptical and all angry, and then I actually try it and have a blast. Sure. God, I'm just so. Falling. If I remember right, you raced well. Yeah. Um. Well, stock buggy, I qualified third, and dude, I just got lucky in traffic, and I came home with the win. Cool. Um, thirteen five wheeler. I'm into. I'm in the advanced class, okay. Cause I, in the advanced class, it's like senior, Bonner. John Martin, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys like that. Guys I compete with well. In 13.5 Wheeler, it's like I started out the day rough. I barely TQ round one. And then I go out there. I'm like, I'm going to try these tires. Nobody I know is trying these tires. And they're the J-Concept pin swag in the rear. And I went a lap faster. <laughs> okay. And my car became so easy to drive. I could do, you know how, like, when you drive a wheeler on carpet, it feels edgy and shitty, and it's like, oh, man, this sucks. I'm just trying to hang on the whole time. Sure. The pin swags take that away. Your car is smooth, and it's consistent. My fast lap was, like, a half a second faster than round one, and I went a lap faster. Right on. But the way Thunder Road works is once you get three wins in a point series, you're allowed to finish that point series, but you got to class up next time. Okay. So I will be classing up to quote-unquote expert. It used to be pro, but he switched it to expert. And okay. And the old experts advanced. Senior and I were talking on the way home, and he's like, you know, you should just take the advanced class chop it right down the middle take the bottom half put them in intermediate and take the top half and put them in expert and get rid of the name advanced well yeah you you don't need three classes in each denomination no two two makes more sense for sure but you know eventually it's going to happen right either way everybody's going to graduate up or you know it's it's all going to be the same Truthfully, you don't, we know this, you don't need it at all. Right, you don't, but it kind of, it helps out with the you, kids. It's, intermediate's one of those graduating classes, kind of the way spec buggy is, from sportsman to spec buggy at the 510. So it kind of works well like that. It does, but I mean, that's what a C-Main is for. I, I agree. No, I and. And all it really takes is, um, and and I know they have regular, a regular race director. You just got to stack the heats, right? Which I th I think people are fine with. Yeah, and Jeremy for sure knows what he's doing there. He's watched just all race enough to know where we all stand with one another. And I just say it works because if you look over at uh, the five ten. Had a big race recently that you were at. Yep. There was D and C mains there. And oh, yeah. So that, 
I think splits up a class more equally than having separate classes ever could because then you're not making somebody make a decision about what they think they are. They just are what they are that day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Totally right. So, but, but uh, so yeah, so you had a big day. It was on the road. How did great. senior? Senior broke immediately in stadium truck. I felt bad for him. Yeah, what happened there? I broke a Lunsford tie rod, which was insane in the rear. Bummer. Yeah. Um, Austin Jacobson won that one. He has a different style of Velozzi truck. I want to say it's a vision racing chassis setup to where it basically sets up the motor and all that like a 22x4 but it's two-wheel drive okay and the truck is phenomenal cool um yeah but and he also drove very well too you know you gotta add that into the mix sure i saw there was a mini truggy class that's cool kind of it was a mix between mini truggy. I think there were a couple of pro fours and maybe one or two two wheel SCTs. Oh, okay. But there were two or three mini truggies. It's slowly growing each week. You know, it started out a few weeks ago with one guy. Then there's two. Now I think there's three of them. Right on. So, it was huge at the five ten a couple weeks ago. I think that went down to a C or a D main. No kidding. Oh, dude. It was it was cool, That's and then awesome. there were like six of them in fucking sportsmen. How did that race at the five ten go for you? For me, it went okay. Again, mod truck. I'm up there battling with Armand Charlin and Frank Miller. John Click was there in the beginning, but he made a decision on a setup that he did not like, and his truck was way too hard to drive. Okay. But I believe John Click out-qualified me by, like, three-tenths. So I qualified fourth in mod truck, but ended up taking the win. Cool. Yeah. Dude, that point two upgrade was a massive improvement on that thing. And then Mini Truggy... So I put the Hobbyplex set up in there, and I st- it started out the day great. But it ended the day to where it was pushing so hard that I couldn't make corners. Okay. I'm literally going to take the diff fluid, what I did with the diff fluid, and I'm going to cut it in half, and I'll still be heavier than everybody else. Because hmm. I'm right now I'm at 30, 130. It started out the day great, but once that grip came up, man, she pushed like a dump truck. Okay. Like, have you ever had a vehicle to where you're watching the wheels turn? The wheels are, like, turned almost at, a, like, a 90-degree angle, but the truck keeps going straight? Right. <laughs> That's what I had going on. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> so next time, before I go to 510, I got to change that. And then, yeah, Joey was in the... B for sportsman, and that ended up being where he belonged to be. Okay. One thing did bother me was not the mini truggies in sportsman, but the fact that they had five fives in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like um, John Martin's kid, Deacon, 
has a mini truggy, but it is motored very reasonably for his skill level. Okay. You know, that's a good example. It's like, dude, the, the truck's drivable and the four wheel drive, it helps you. Sure. There were guys out there just, I'm watching just their tires turn into pizza cutters down the straightaway. It's like they have more power than me, and I'm one of the fastest fucking guys on the track with the mini truggy. It was insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, yeah, no, 510. So, I've heard differing opinions, but I'll tell you what, in my opinion, this is the most fun and raceable layout that Chris Martin has put down at the 510 since he owned it. And, you know, I started coming there when he was doing the crossover with carpet jumps. Sure. We've watched it come a long way. Yeah. And it was the most consistent grip. It got grippier throughout the day. But you know how, like, sometimes where because of the weather and it's like the ceiling leaks so one corner is super slippery and then one super grippy and you can't quite figure it out mm-hmm. the grip was fairly consistent from corner to corner to corner and the the ceiling was pissing on the straightaway i was watching it happen but that was a non-factor so i had a blast there too um, I believe Kyle Quast won. Yeah, Kyle Quast won Mini Truggy. He's looking really good with that thing. He's becoming a really clean driver, too. Like, right we were next to each other in one of the qualifiers, and, you know, it's like he could push me and not hit me. But we'll get into, yep. we'll get into that later because I'll tell you what. We got uh, a question asked over and over and over and over and over again that we're going to hit in one blanket statement later on. That's after we get Corey on and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? The MIC also happened, but I did not look at results for that. Have you? Yeah, I've got it up. Um, Cool. So, yeah, it was the Midwest Indoor Championship. That's supposed to be an annual race that takes place at Genesis RC Raceway in Marshall, Minnesota, which um, if you folks haven't heard of it, it's an absolute palace for on-road racing. Um, Brandon didn't have one last year. Uh, I don't think he had really anything for events last year between uh, COVID and I think he had a big injury as well or a surgery or something like that something something took him out of commission yeah something put him out physically yeah um and anyway uh nice beautiful track large footprint for an indoor on-road racing place um Um, not much uh pitting on the track side though that's the one downfall sure um, so let's see, uh, 13, 12th scale. So, uh, pretty ripping fast class. Uh, John Wieda took the one, took the one there. Um, FJ, it says, I forget two. who that guy is. And John Dixon I, finished third. I don't know him either. Um, our Facebook buddy, Troy Gubbins, he finished fifth. Yeah. 
and Jason Chang actually raced. Wow. Did he go all eight minutes? He did not go eight minutes. He, oh. he went three and change in okay. that one. Well, um, at least he started, or I'm guessing he started, because if he wasn't on the track in the start, he wasn't going to put his yeah. track on, or a car yeah, on the he track. Started, started the race. That might have been the only class that Jason raced. I don't see him in 17-5-12th scale, which uh, the owner of the joint, Brandon Skews, takes the win there. Yep. Sean Rayfield ended up second in this mysterious FJ finished third. Nice. nice. World GTR. I I didn't even know that that was still a thing. Um that's a pan car, right? Yeah, it's, it's a um, tenth scale pan car. It used to be just World GT with a purple stripe tire, but they made it a rubber tire just to make it more accessible for the newer guys. Right. So it's rubber tire pan car. Kyle Fisher takes the win there. Richard Stranowski second and Ryan Stranowski third. I want to say. I wonder say, if they came down from the Duluth area because I know they run that up there, right? Yeah, I know the Fishers are from like the North Dakota, like Minot Club. Oh, okay. And I want to say Kyle Fisher is a kid because Troy Fisher, I think, is his dad. Okay. I'm going to look this up now because, let's see here, Troy Fisher, holy crap. He's one of those guys. I forget about that. Okay, here we go. Just one of those guys that posts everything. Yep. Wait, no, wait. Oh, yep, his son's uh, his son won that one. And he's okay. a young guy. I want to say he's younger than 12. Right so up. good for him. 21.5 touring car, uh, Bill Sidor, so yeah, Cedor, Sidor. Cider. Takes, Cider so, takes the yeah. win there. Eric yep. Jones, second. And here, we might have an answer now. Jeff Flazig. That might be it. third. That's probably the JF. That might be it. We're just going to go ahead and assume. Yeah. That was 21.5 touring car. GT12, Spec 12. Uh, Kyle Fisher wins that one. Yep. TJ Grackenberger, second. That's a fun name to say. And Nick Green finishes third. And what else we got? We already did 12th scale. Ah, VTA. US VTA. Nick Green takes first. Brad Sandvig, second. Kyle Fisher, third. Nice. And if I go back and look at 21.5. Okay, so Sandvik did race 21.5 touring car as well. He think, finished fifth in that. Yeah. And my he, buddy Anthony Swift finished in seventh. I think Brad would have done a bit better, but he went down there that, like, Saturday morning. It's like, ooh, it's tough going into a okay. weekend race just going in with no practice. Right. That's why next week when we go to Island Speedway, all three Joes, we're going to go Friday and practice all day. Just because. Yeah, pic yeah. Picnic had a 27-second lap in there on a 10-second course. So that'll take you out in a so hurry. He probably tucked a body and then adjusted his radio for a while and then screamed at himself internally, took a deep breath, and then went going again. So that is the race that was, the Midwest indoor championship genesis nice. rc raceway nice 
Yeah, that's one thing that I wish they could figure out. I kind of wonder if they could extend the building back because I'll tell you what, I've been to that race for, I went for a few years. I'll tell you what, being by the bathroom is the only place worse than being in the jewelry store. <laughs> when you're in the jewelry store, you don't feel like you're part of the race, as stupid as that sounds. It's it's really nice and quiet in the jewelry store and all that, but then, you know, customers come in, they look at you funny, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> right. But then it's like, you got to really pay attention to the screen to make sure you're not up yet and... I don't know, man. It just, it just, you don't get the full race feeling. Sure. But if you were to change that, you know, I still, I, uh, we'll see. You know what? Remember last episode when I said Senior built a Spec 12 and he'll have an automatics in no time? Yeah. Yeah, he's got one. Oh, funny. He picked one up. It's like I knew it, and I think he knew it. <laughs> so see we got a couple minutes before we have to call Corey. uh yeah did just, you uh did you want to tackle the the driver's meeting segment i know we've you've talked about it you know seemingly hundreds of times on this show but no it's fine though because uh, it's confusing it's a good one it's confusing because yeah no i like it 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 gets asked a lot so it's good that it's good that you know the more often you talk about it the more people are going to hear it and yeah, you know the more me, people will implement those changes let me pull it up okay the question is this one's from matt gundry this is a question from his brother dave i we were talking at tr and he said, Joe and I talked about steering speed versus expo briefly at Thunder Road. I'd like to hear more on this. I still can't understand why people use dual rate. Nah, that's not what I, that's different. Dual, dual rate's different yet again instead of expo or speed. So, with expo, when you go negative with expo, it slows down the beginning curve of the steering but then let's say i don't know 20 percent to halfway through it speeds up to normal again and you get it and it's you know it's it's a slow building curve it starts out slow and eventually builds up to full speed that can give your car a funny snapping feeling but we use that for years um until we went to speed. Now, if you turn speed down to negative 20, it'll turn down your servo speed and it will be smooth throughout the entire curve. It'll be the same speed and it'll be smooth. Now, this is the, I, I know we shouldn't be sucking off pros, but I, I like this starting point. Ryan Mayfield's starting point on his radio, he turns the feeling for the throttle and the feeling for steering on a Sanwa radio down to 3S. So, like, I don't know where it starts on a, on an M17. 
like a H7 or, or whatever. And then when you go down, it's like 5S, 4S, then it'll go down to 3S. Um, I believe that's what it is. Let me double check because I was talking to Greg Dirt and he goes, oh, I don't have that. I got this. Do, 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 do. Because he said it made a huge difference. And then on the steering, you want to go negative 20 on your speed and leave your expo at zero. Okay? And that will feel really good. So, anyway, yeah, and dual rate. So, now dual rate's a different thing. So, now we're talking about dual rate. That's going to be the amount your car turns. So, now this is where it can get difficult because you can change the curve feeling of your, um, you can change the feeling of the curve by, let's say, turning up your endpoints way high. And turning your dual rate down way low. And vice versa, turn your endpoints way low and your dual rate way high. I'm personally where I like it. The most neutral feeling is to keep the endpoints between that 100 and 110%. And then dual rates around 70 something or whatever. You know what I mean? Keep it all right in the middle. That's where I like it. Um, yes, I was correct. Three S is what you want. And you do not want to get into the F's for feeling because that's too slow. But that's with the Sanwa radio only. I know the new Futabas have something similar to that, but like the four PXs do not. Okay. So anyway, yeah, that, that can make your car feels so much better immediately and you know what when you're playing with it like let's say you're playing with the feeling put it on 3s and then do like three or four laps with it then turn it all the way up do three or four laps and then turn it down to zero do three four laps you'll end up back at three i guarantee so anyway yeah that that's a long spiel but that's what i got yeah, it's worth noting, yeah. and uh, that is our driver's meeting. Yeah, should I burn through some notes? We got about four minutes. Sure. <clears throat> Rana Fall. Hey, I got one for oh, you. Oh, go for it. We'll just keep it consistent. I got one thing. It'll probably take you a few minutes, and then we'll be on on to uh, Mr. Hins. Why is Senior making custom four-wheel drive front tires? For me. For what? So I love the feeling of the pin swag on the rear of my four-wheel buggy. That's the tire I went a lap faster with. Also, I have four-wheel drive front foams in the rear of that tire. You want to, you want, you always on a carpet tire, you want to cut down a foam anyway. And the easy button is just to use your four-wheel front foams in the rear. Anyway... So that's what we used to do in the 90s when a company didn't make a tire you want, you make them. And Senior always used to make me tires. I'm like, Dad, I really like these on the rear of my car. Can you make some for the front? He's like, ah, him and Han. He goes, yeah, I guess I can. 
So he made me some uh, pin swag fronts. And I'm really excited to try them. I think they're going to be fantastic. So, yeah, custom tires. And it makes people angry. <laughs> I remember, I want to say 2016 or 2017, before J Concepts came out with the Ellipse for the Truggy, Sean Van Dalen took like six or eight sets of Ellipse tires he cut them apart into many pieces, and he made his own truggy tires that way. And he crushed a living shit out of everybody. Because <laughs> the best we could get was M4 hole shots that would work on uh, the Hobbyplex. But it's been something we've been doing since basically the beginning of time. We just haven't had to do it in a while. Because it's like... The swaggers, they're okay, they're smooth, they're a little pushy. And then you got the fuzz bites for the front of the wheeler. The fuzz bites are good in the rear, but in the front, they're way too aggressive. Way too aggressive. Like, you can't turn your dual rate down far enough. Okay. And I think the pin swag is going to be a really good compromise. But, you know, I've been wrong before, but it's definitely worth trying. Do you think I'm going to piss people off with that one? I don't know. I don't even care. It's it's a class that I, yeah, don't give any fucks about. I know you don't, but, I mean, man, it's fun. <laughs> it, it really <laughs> Whatever. is. Well, once you get your car going. But, you know, I'm going down to Muscatine on Saturday, and it's going to be four-wheel modified and i'm gonna run a 13.5 blinky car and i'm gonna get on that goddamn podium just to prove a point okay. so anyway i'm gonna pause this and we're gonna give Corey a call all right we're back after that three and a half second break <laughs> with us he's been on the podcast several times doesn't need that long of an introduction now if you've been listening to the podcast for a while um with us is Corey Hins. How's it going tonight, Corey? Uh, great, Joe and Ryan. I, I feel privileged. Yeah, you're, you're always welcome <laughs> on here. I feel privileged to be on the um, farewell tour with Ryan. Yeah. Aww, too kind, too kind. Yep. Uh, it's not goodbye, it's just see you later. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he'll always be welcome on. Like, if he wants to come on and do, like, an epic rant about something that ticks him off, he's more than welcome. <laughs> so, anyway, Corey, you started out on a pretty new venture. It's brand new, Joe. I was, I've been kind of thinking about how, you know, in the past, how I, would manage getting t-shirts for the MNRC and and it was kind of a pain you'd I'd have to create the design and then take pre-orders and then order them and then deliver them and it's just it's just not very efficient so I came across this this site that offers print on the de on demand um, yep. so they you order them and they print them right on demand and send them out and the cool thing about it is you can put up as much artwork as you want and um, at no extra cost you just put put the artwork up put it on whatever merchandise you want people can go and order from your store ships right to their door and you collect a little bit of a profit 
Right. So, so um, pretty easy. And I was thinking, well, that'll be great for the MNRC. And then I'm like, well, you know, I wonder if anybody wanted any Paintworks Racing merch. So I made some stuff and put it up there. And I'm like, well, maybe I should think a little bigger. And I then I came to you, Joe. You were yeah. first on my list. I thought, well, what what's Joe doing? Yeah. I was about to do something similar, and then you're like, hey, well, I'm going to do this. I'm like, it sounds like a fantastic idea. First off, let's get the web page down, and we'll give it out at the end of the podcast too. It's www.pwrmerch.com. Yep, stands for Paintworks Racing, PWR Merch. Yep. I, I wanted it to be short and and uh you know kind of memorable and that's kind of what i went with yep and so there you can get all your mnrc gear which there's a lot of you can get your ran out of talent shirt which is also awesome uh you have one for the 510 when in doubt lean it out yep (laughs) that's about it too that's cute yeah i like them all yeah yeah guys you got a 510 hoodie and a 510 t-shirt. You got some ladies MNRC tank tops. Um, I like this um, MNRC hero hoodie. This um, just it's a regular blue with the um, white lettering with the red piping. That's the on uh, the tr- the true royal blue one. I like that one. Yeah, kind of kind of almost a superhero kind of motif there. Right, and they're everything's reasonably priced. The t-shirts are anywhere from twenty to twenty-two bucks, and the hoodies are about forty, which is right on par with everybody else. You have um, coffee mugs. You have um, a stainless water bottle, an MNRC water bottle. I really like that myself. You can never have too many aluminum water bottles. <laughs> except for when they come falling out of the cover cupboard and your wife yells at you like you know i deal with but that's all right so yeah so so what you know how i've extended this and you you're kind of the pilot as well as 510 uh raceway um your guys's merch is in there and your brand you make money on your brand right. so that's kind of what the model is um what what do I get out of it? You know, generally, I thought, well, I can get traffic to my page, which could generate sales for me. And I thought, well, you know, there's people looking for stuff, and maybe they don't, or you know, these smaller companies like S and S Machining, you know, RC Tech Lab, Stealth Designs, right, Loose Nuts Racing, all these all these great things that we have in Minnesota, but they don't have any merchandise and I thought well maybe I could help them out you know they maybe they don't have the means to put any artwork together maybe they don't want to go through the trouble of creating a a site so I I thought well this this might be a good concept one place for people to go to get all kinds of cool midwest stuff right it it is cool too and that's the thing too like I said I was looking at doing t-shirts before and I was going to do what you did with the MNRC you know take pre-orders and then kind of double that so i have stock then it's like where am i going to put a big box of t-shirts that are going to sit in my basement for five years (laughs) i mean you definitely have a better profit margin when you you know print and 
in bulk like that, but you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense. This, the workload is like nothing. I mean, we put the artwork up there and they print them, they ship them, they handle the transaction. It's, it's just a a great way to go. And of course the, you know, the the profit isn't as good, but that's okay. It gets your brand out there. Yeah. It gets your brand out there, which is like number one. Um, what are the lead times on products? Uh, is it different from a hoodie to a t-shirt to a coffee mug? Um, it, it kind of varies. So I ordered five items and they all came individually. Okay. Uh, some came the same day. I ordered them all the same time, but they came kind of sporadically. So, um, you know, coming up to, we got the holiday hustle coming up at the 510 and, and I really wanted to have some tangible product there for people to see yep so i i printed their their new shirt and i i rushed it and it was here in three days oh wow that's really quick yeah they really turned it around but i mean with with the the holidays coming if you want something for christmas um don't don't run it right down to the wire it's not it's not like amazon where get her shipped out prime the next day so right but yeah that's it's pretty pretty quick and and the quality um is is really good i think you know it is it's printed it's not old school silk screen but the technology is really good um so if you're interested and you want to see some some real product i'll have some at the 510 on the holiday hustle race and in fact i'm thinking that um if they do the dash for cash we'll just keep drawing numbers and give some stuff away so that'd be awesome yeah i hope i'm not in the dash for cash again and let somebody down again that was a bummer (laughs) i so i was telling ryan before this it's like my mini truggy i i i took a big gamble on the diffs and the truck started out great but at the end of the day it was pushing like a dump truck i just it, I knew I wasn't going to win that. I felt bad for Jeremy Simpson. He drew my ticket. I'm like, sorry, bud. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, you know, that seems to be kind of the norm in the four-wheel class. As traction comes up and rear traction is increases. Yeah. I mean, all those four-wheel classes, they seem to push. You're Caden almost, was having the same problem with his buggy. You're almost better off getting a second set of diffs. Yeah. Because I was way too heavy. I was running over double of what other people were. So I'm going to get around the corner. Right. With the slow speed chicanes, I, it was great in the sweeper, but it's like just pushing right through the chicanes before the uh, sweeper in the straightaway. So. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else do you guys, what do you, what else do you have, uh, coming up here? We got the MNRC season. We've been discussing that in our group chat. Is there anything we can share yet? Um, I think we could probably share that it, there's a really good chance we'll be going to a new site yep. this year, which is exciting. It is. Um, I don't know what, I think we could probably say who that is and people probably could, figure it out too but we're thinking we'll have the opener down at southern rc at their new outdoor track there yep um we're still working on uh you know talking to the dome to see what the story is there but uh 
we do know that they've dismantled that entire building. That to- That's what we've heard. So that totally changes the dome in general. So I was sitting there thinking about that. We've never used that back half dirt. I wonder if that dirt's in better condition. So, like, have the front two-thirds of the building for, like, pit area and all that stuff and the back two-thirds right by the exhaust fans for the track, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it'll have to do with what Dale requires for um, the driver stand installation, you okay. know, where he's going to allow us to put that. But our, you know, I was talking to him about it a year ago and um, I proposed, you know, putting it along the wall where the power um, electrical boxes are. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the track would be, you know, instead of where the driver's stand used to be that the driver's stand would be along one of those walls. So we'd have the length, you know, a normal sure. wide track, not a deep track. Yep. So instead of, we could have a real straightaway instead of an elbow. Yeah. Yeah. That and w- then he, he could, so my hope was that we could put this driver stand up, you know, and it would only take up the width of the stand because we'd sink some poles or something like that for support, and we could leave that there, and it would protect his electrical boxes on that side, and then he sure. could use it as, uh, you know, a surveillance tower or whatever for his races. Yeah. And we're only talking about a loss of, you know, realistically four to five feet yeah. on one side. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Yeah, because I, hope... I think that you know the crew keeps shrinking. That puts that track in, and yep. to put up a driver stand, adding that workload is kind of you know it's it's hard. It's a deal breaker. So well, it is. And you know, I put together. So I'm guessing you have the old loose nut stand still. Yep. I would. I'd be willing to help with that because that's basically a pallet racking, right? Yes. Yeah. I. I yep. mean. I like I said I'm terrible like I can help put down pipe and all that but I mean I can help put down pipe I can help with the driver's stand but when it comes to the actual layout I am worthless I'm good at watering and laying down calcium too (laughs) (laughs) well if we can get some help I know there's some pretty good um, visionaries out there when it comes to track layout uh, maybe we can get some buy-in from Sean to give us a hand. Or, For sure. Um, you know. But, yeah, that is the tough part. And sometimes, you know, we put stuff down on paper, and when you go to put it in the dirt, it does. sometimes it just doesn't transfer as well. Yeah. I think the last track wasn't what we envisioned. Yeah. But it, it, was, it still was a racetrack. It just wasn't really what we envisioned. So Right. Um, but it wasn't. I notice on some of those high speed tracks, the corner, the corners after the highest speed section always get so blown out that you have either half the people whining about it, like "Oh, I couldn't even see my truck in that corner," or the other half just loving it, like "Oh, I love the old school blowing out." It seems like you, the most happy people were with the dirt was from the last layout because it got a little rough, but it never really got blown out and never had big moon craters. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was, I mean, it probably was the best held together track we've ever built. Yeah. I mean, if you remember 
the long straightaway, which was a, a 90 degree into that China wall. Yep. And that stayed baby smooth all weekend. Yeah, I love the China wall. Those, those, so. Like, that's my most favorite track feature. And, and it, I, it became my most favorite track feature the hard way. Like, remember when Duluth was the first place I went that did it, when Torben <laughs> Mersch built that one? Yep. I, I hit that thing full throttle with my truggy, and before it left the, before it launched, it hit the front of that face so hard it broke my upper and lower arm on my truck. Whoa! Because I just hit it full throttle. I blasted into that thing, and I heard it snap before it launched, an extra six feet in the air, and then come down on the broken parts. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that that one in particular, you could you could hit that China wall really hard and it and you know make people angry, but yeah. uh, you could land it. Sure, sure. Um, let's see what else do we got. I got some notes from around the RC world. If you guys want to do some of those, and then we got a lot of questions, and a lot of these we're gonna combine into one. So do you guys? Yeah, before we get to it, uh, we already did our results section. But uh, Corey, I noticed that you won a race a couple weeks ago. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. <laughs> so I've been at this a, a long time, and I sometimes I get bored. So I thought uh, I'd take my old B6 and I'd put some crazy MIP pucks in it and a titanium top <laughs> shaft and, you know, no slipper clutch and lighten it up and then i would put a spec motor in it and run in the spec class yeah and, awesome. uh, yeah it was it was fun i had a I had a really good time and i thought people i didn't know how people would uh would take it you know but uh i had a really good race with with uh the boys and i yeah. think we were all smiling at the end and and it wasn't I mean, I was I was competitive and I won the race, but I wouldn't say it was a it no. was a blowout by any means. Rand, so. Randy led the first two minutes of it. Yeah, yeah, he was on it. Yeah, he, and he uh, made a mistake early and he just started running away. I'm like, that was seriously the best I've seen Randy drive. You had to wheel your car to get back to his wing. For sure. Yeah, and you know when I he was standing to my right on the stand and when i would come down that stretch and my head would move to the right i could see him there and i could see him shaking you know (laughs) so i'm like all right the adrenaline's flowing we're having a good time that's good yeah i i think it was it was good so yeah it looked like you know and it's it's one of those things where um i i don't i don't want to be braggy but sometimes when you race against different people you're you elevate your own skills because you're you get content yeah for sure. So, yep. But yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. all right. So, um, before you got on, uh, Ryan was talking about the four wheel tires that Senior made for me for the carpet. That was, I don't think that'll cause any issues, but because while you were in, you raced back in the day when you had to make your own tires. Yeah. Yeah, it's yep. just part of it. If they don't make it, you have to make it yourself. Well, you know, Omaha made a rule. Yeah. 
because I, because I, of that. Yeah, I explained that because what what Sean did, he took a whole bunch of ellipses for a stadium truck. He cut them apart and he made truggy tires. Wasn't that back in the day when they were still Proline? No, Didn't he make. Nope. It was uh it was the ellipse. No, uh, I think it was Proline. You think? I think they would have been on Proline. Okay. Yeah, I think they were um, positrons. Okay. Yeah. Or I... maybe they were even electrons. But I... they were. Yeah, it was. This was a long time ago. Um, that had to yeah. be prior to them even having a a bar tire for Truggy. Yeah. Right? Oh, is prior. Nobody had a bar tire for Truggy because we were running. I was running uh truggy down in omaha and we were on uh m4 hole shots that you had to get from japan because nobody in the u.s sold them at that point in time okay so um let's see here i got uh rana folk and uh, adrian bertone out of hb man that's uh that's an early move from hb for one and for two i'm guessing one of those guys are going to Mayako. If not both of them. Yeah, I don't know what Bertine's. Uh, he's Orion, right? So is he out of Orion too? Is that an HB brand? They used to kind of go hand in hand, but I'm not so sure now. I think Orion's trying to make some kind of comeback after they wrecked the worlds for Jared Tebow back in the day. They've been trying to come back from that, and they still haven't been able to. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of, I kind of wonder what that says about HB and maybe is Cole Ogden going somewhere at the end of the year that he hasn't announced yet? Are they disbanding or are they building their American team bigger and kind of shrink in the European market? It's hard to say because I mean, Rana Falk is. He's... Absolutely, one of the best drivers on the planet. Oh, for sure. So, I, I I don't understand it. You know, they're unless well, we, they're struggling we financially. Really, we haven't really seen them race in the last year and a half, right? Well, you haven't seen many Europeans race. They're just yeah, getting back I mean. at it. They're just getting back at it now. And I know Ronald Falk and JQ are really, really good friends. And I know Ronald Falk has driven the Mayako. Those are two things that I'm, well, I'm positive of the first one, and I swear I heard that he's driven the Mayako. Hmm. So it'll be interesting. They shipped out their, um, I don't know, their membership cars, if that's what you want to call them. So those will be there probably by the end of the week. We'll start seeing pictures of them. I hope it's everything they hoped it will be, or it'll be a rough one. You know, I I think JQ has learned enough from having his own brand. So, uh, Ryan, I don't think you were racing yet, but when Corey obviously was, when they came out in 2010, 2011, the first JQ car from A-Main Hobby sold over 1,500 units, which is amazing. That's a huge number for an A-scale buggy to sell. But the plastic was so brittle and crappy that everybody bailed on it right away, and most of those people didn't give them a second chance. Why did everybody embrace it right away? I don't know. Do you remember, Corey? 
I I would say that it was probably fan fan base. Yeah, because JQ was a top world driver back in the day. Yeah, for sure. And he was he. I don't know. His attitude hadn't probably come out as much yet. Yeah. I, I think he had the attitude, but he didn't add in the politics yet. Okay. I think he always, well, as Keenan calls it, the attitude era. He was in the era of like courts and Degani and all that, to where those guys all hated each other. Oh. Yeah, I was listening yeah, courts. to. Courts. He yeah. was a hothead, Quartz. Oh, yeah. I was listening to an interview with Tebow today on the No Name, and he was saying, yeah, Quartz would, like, literally make me cry when I was a young teenager before <laughs> I would. But then I would go and crush him because he made me mad. He made me cry, and I just got that laser focus. But he realized, like, Tebow and Mayfield and Cav realized, hey, we're racing together from week to week to week to week. It's better off we be friends and respectful of one another. Which you kind of lose some of that drama that brings in some of the interest to pro racing, but it's like they've all brought them, they've brought the whole group up another level, I think, by doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can always just hate on the Euro drivers. Yeah. Or I can. <laughs> Well, yeah, they got some they got some uh rough driving they need to work out. Um Marco Barufalo out of hot race and into seismic. That was announced today. So one meh to another. The seismic is really a really good tire for the European tracks, which I think they're better than hot race. Um, the, if you look at their selection, and they have an insane amount of selection to choose from, it's similar to J Concepts. Um, we just don't get many in the United States. Senior got a set for a Z buggy, and he liked them. So, yeah. He, <clears throat> but they sponsor a lot of European drivers. So besides that, I mean, besides well, the spec, I, go ahead. I would say that it's a good time for a smaller tire company to, to come to the surface too. Sure. I mean, with what's going on with horizon. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be true that, um, AK. So I've heard AKA will be the race brand and Proline will become the basher brand. That's interesting. I'm I not, just don't understand that at all. I don't understand. Proline Pro to me is so much more synonymous with excellence and winning and just, I don't know, overall <laughs> good organize, you know, the yeah. good brand. Yeah. They got yeah. For nearly whereas, 40 years. Yeah. Whereas AKA and, you know, maybe it's just among us racers, I think it's more synonymous with their team drivers couldn't even get tires back when there were no supply chain issues in the world. That's true. Well, here's the deal. They're all under one roof. It, they, I mean, they're competing with each other. That can only go on for so long. Really. Or maybe AKA just disappears and then you'll have the, like the pro line impacts. 
that type of thing happen. Kind of like what Panther did with uh, Losey. They, Panther, yeah, Panther bought Losey tires, didn't they, back in the day? Uh, Panther made tires for Losey. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, but so. like uh, Lugs, you know, that brand. I mean, I've looked at Lugs product line, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, that could be an up-and-comer. Well, that and the biggest thing is um, the rubber, as we all know. Like, yeah, I've seen guys struggle with whole shot knockoffs from like VP Pro or James, and they put a real whole shot on their car, and it's amazing. Yeah, yep. the only rubber I've felt out of the top three on a scale that I like is the sweep tire. And, yeah, I only ran them for that one race, but, man, I couldn't say enough about them. Yep, they have a – we're pretty happy with their product line. It's It's been pretty good. For sure. And the, the pricing model is better than most, so. Yep, I mean, if I wasn't uh, with – well, J-Concepts, they do make a great tire. I didn't pick J-Concepts just because they said yes. I picked J-Concepts because – I like their products for both 10 scale and a scale. And that's one thing sweeps missing is a good 10 scale tire. Yep. Yep. So do, 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 do. I got one more news note here and then we can get into, um, tech inspection. Um, so when I thought Yokomo's out of the R- racing world, not the drift world, but the racing world, they come out with new buggies. So Mayfield might not be out at Yokomo. I don't know. But they just came out with a point one to their vehicles that they look refined and better and all that stuff. They so, better be refined. It's a $420 kit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. For a two-wheel drive buggy. Wow. You want to hear something grosser than that? Sure. The Schumacher costs that much, and it doesn't even come with sway bars. <laughs> the associated carpet buggy is three fifty nine ninety nine, and it comes with your gear diff, your sway bar, and your V2 springs. I mean, hmm. you can't beat it. Hard to pass up. Hey, uh, for the first time in many, many months, I have... Some on the tone. Oh wow! Word association. Okay. For both of you. Okay. Oh. Corey can so go Corey, first. Corey, I don't know on if you've ever these. heard this before, but it's just simple word association. So I'm gonna give you a uh, a word or a phrase, short phrase, and you're just gonna spit out the first thing that comes to your mind. So okay. Just go back and forth between Corey and Joe. Mm-hmm. So Corey, you're up first, and it's two wheel drive spec buggy winner (laughs) Joe (laughs) your first one is touring car I love it on foam hate it on rubber (laughs) Corey four wheel drive short course hated it (laughs) (laughs) why is that uh you know I'm I'm really brand loyal so I I bought that uh Oh, SE10 4x4 belt drive with the slipper. Yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that thing was a handful. 
that poor thing was a nightmare to work on. To work on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Joe, your second one is Mayako. Um, the best buggy no one will ever see. <laughs> Corey, titanium ball studs. Overrated. <laughs> Joe, factory stock class racers. The future of pros. Because <laughs> they're getting paid now. You love it or hate it. Corey, your your fourth term is stadium trucks. Um. Uh. I don't know. There's a part in my heart for them, but I think they're they're making a comeback. Yeah. What's the deal with you though? Where's yours? Yeah. You know you can't go to the 510 with two kids and race 20 classes you're gonna go ro- broke <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt man no doubt joe x-ray <sighs> a fading star really yeah huh Tesman's not putting in the exact same results and it's like their touring car it's like they're not keeping up with the automatic same with the 12 scale anyway sorry go ahead Corey Nitro Buggy. The glory. Indeed. Joe, last one. Favorite RC tool. Ah, and I hate to be brand loyal. Or it's not even brand loyal, but it's my techno shock tool with the deal to it's a multi-tool. It's shock shafts. It holds your shock. It will hold the hub of your A scale. It'll pop uh, the balls in and out of the tie rods. It's my it's my most used by far. Right on. Thus concludes the on the tone word association segment. And I've got a real quick racers minute. That's where we give shout outs to random acquaintances, friends, companies, whoever in the RC industry. Shout out to a mutual friend of Corey and mine's Trevor Johnson. He sent me some pictures of a new B6.3D kit. Ooh. Uh, Trevor took a year off of racing and looks like he's got a kit to build. Awesome. Yeah. My only shout-out, well, I, I always have shout-out. Obviously to Senior for making me some front tires for next week down at Island and shout-out for to Corey for, you know, getting getting me into his uh t-shirt game well thanks joe appreciate that yeah and then to that uh in the meantime while you guys were going back and forth i i went to the website pwrmerch.com purchased myself some merchandise it was super easy i used my paypal account to check out and um i think all told it it took me less than two minutes to get awesome. out of the store so i've got got some orders cooking up uh, awesome. another shout out in the racers minute to alan clayton uh this weekend they went to uh the crawler competition at thunder road dude and i don't know just a just a random shout out yeah. to them for going outside you know their usual rc parameters and trying something different so speaking did you of- see they were on the podium yeah yeah yeah, I did. I mean, that two eight-scale Nitro boys on the crawler podium, that was yeah. awesome. It is. 
Um, so I was watching guys crawl on Saturday before we left. Somebody had that uh, new one six scale axial out there. Oh no! And it's like, wow. no, he wasn't being reckless, but he's like on outdoor courses. He's like, it's phenomenal. But here, he's like, yeah, it's a bull in a china shop. It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I do if I have a minute. I just go and watch a crawler course. So yeah, it's a hoot. I. I really enjoy playing on that thing. If I were allowed to drink beers at Thunder Road, I think it would enhance the crawling enough to where I could do it. I think most of those guys that are there on play days take care of that yeah. before they get there. But the problem is it's, Joe 3. It's been 3, my experience anyway. Joe 3 is too young to drive me home, so. Yep. <laughs> See a 10-year-old well, just don't peeking they have... Don't they have plans for a, a lounge there with a, a license and everything? They're talking about it. I don't know, man. There's some things in the works, and I know Bowman just finished building his bedroom there, so he's fully, fully living there. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's um interesting. Ooh, my fire. Sorry, my fire. The smoke alarm in my house just went off for a second. Speaking of Brian Bowman, yeah, um, I don't know if you looked at the uh, T-shirt I made for the five ten. Yeah, that says on the bottom because carpets for the <laughs> living room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when that got posted, it took Brian all of a minute and forty seconds to have a rebuttal. Can you please rebuttal. give me a call? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, it it was you know no offense towards no. carpet at all. It's just all entertainment yeah. and. Uh, Honestly, I know you've got your own retail outlets, but it, we'd be happy to put your shirts in the yeah. PWR merch too. So. You know, it's it's not malicious. It's no. just all good fun. Yeah, I, love I know, it. and I know he knows that. He he said he liked the shirts, but yeah. Um, so let's get going with questions. So Greg Newson wanted this for uh, drivers meeting new drivers segment, but we spent that time going through um, the difference between speeds and expos and endpoints versus dual rates. So um, we'll just lump it in here. He goes, uh, he was racing down in Owatonna at their new track at the rc wolf facility he goes i was lumped into a class with local fast guys on a small tight track my driving skill is generally just above the suck ass skill level definitely not sure ikema or troop speed how do you stay out of their way so they can do their best i found checking up to let them pass seem to only put me in their way more at the same time i paid my 20 dollar entry fee too so parking my buggy isn't appealing um track time helps staying home doesn't and i'll never have their skill set but taking my family of five to the track for an afternoon of racing is fun on most days i say go wide and if you, the, you don't have to go way wide, you've got to give them a car and a half width, and that's it. And if they can't make the pass there, well, they're not good. You know what I mean? They're not fast enough. That, that's the way I look at it. What do you guys think? 
Um, you know, it's got to, it, it can be frustrating to be in that position. And I've been in that position where I'm not, you know, I'm running mod at the 510 and I'm just not up to speed. So I'm always right. pulling over. Right. So it, it can be, you know, a deterrent for you to not want to race anymore either, which is a dangerous thing. But, um, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, if you don't pull over or give a guy a corner, you know, when he's coming to lap you, then um, they're not going to be happy. Right. And you just got to give them a good, not check up, just go go wide in a corner. And when you're coming out of the corner, and this is an issue that I dealt with at the five. Well, I've dealt with this issue at every single track I've ever been at. I'm not going to point out a track. Like somebody will go wide to let me by, and then they'll blast me into the next corner because they got ahead of steam, and they they come at me like what? And it's like, what do you mean what? You had six more feet of run into the next corner. You got to give them a couple corners, and you know maybe try to get on not like on their tail, but maybe try to get in their draft to figure out exactly what they're doing. So a good example at Thunder Road. At the start of the day, I'm just blowing the line. I'm going way too fast, way too hard in the corners. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay on the dots. I'm driving so slow. It feels like I'm driving so slow, but I'm on the dots. I'm on the line. Boom, half second faster. And that, that that's the crappy thing about carpet because you can overdrive it by a mile and still kind of keep an okay line because that's what that Oatana track is, is carpet. But if you don't slow it down and stop scrubbing, you really need to drive your line, and that's a good way to figure it out. So Yeah, I think that applies to clay as well, you know, yeah. or any any surface. Sure, but clay you mostly like if you if you go into a corner too hard, you'll just push out. You can still kind of keep a corner tight on carpet, but you scrub a lot. Um, let's see here. Ryan, co-host now, and I'll announce this now, is wondering, roughly three more shows for me as a regular co-host. What do you got for us? Oh, I was, that was going out to everybody else, just trying to drum up some conversation. Uh, yep, yep. Well... I haven't given up on the idea of a Ben Selvacool segment, but we're going to give Joey Fitzsimmons a shot. Um, Cool. He sat in the the third chair for the MNRC for that little bit of a segment, and I feel like he did fairly well. But... Um, yeah, Ben just wants to talk about local clay racing and local dirt racing. And it's like, there's so much more, you know, but, and I get it, but in his world, there isn't any more. So, cause he's literally local only. All right. Keith Hodges is wondering what are your thoughts on when people should bump or be bumped out of sportsmen? Well, Corey, so when your boys bumped out of sportsmen, they were like, they had like one season of struggle and then boom, they were on the ball. How old were they when they bumped out of sportsmen? You know, I'm not 
completely sure, but I remember dealing with this question in the MNRC. Yeah. And we made a statement that if you're 15 years old or under, that you wouldn't be asked to bump up, even if you're dominating. Because, yeah. at, you know, who cares at that age? Let let the kids have some, you know, some victories and, and you know, some glory. Sure, yeah. So I think the question more applies to an adult that's dominating in yep. there. Yep. Um, you know, at what point does do, do you ask the adult to move up? Right, you know. Because I, 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 I think, think that... Yeah. Sorry, Joe. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you give the adults a season, but you give the kids time to develop. Right, because you could bump a kid or tell a kid he's got to move up to, to pro. Yeah. And it's a little harder mentally for them to um, to take that, you know, if they're not winning right away. And Right. Um, well, you know, I, I, look at Carter Gosh. He's a perfect example because he'll go out, and he'll crush one weekend in sportsman and then the next week he'll or the next race he'll be on the struggle bus he hasn't built up that consistency yet same with joe three so a good example is three weeks ago at thunder road he um they combined mains they combined the sportsman a with the intermediate b and Joe three was on. He wouldn't have bumped up to the intermediate A for stock buggy, but he was literally a half second away from bumping up, quote unquote. And I'm like, man, this is going to be his last point series on carpet in Sportsman. Then the next week we go to Clay at the five ten, and he's middle of the B, which isn't bad because I believe the Sportsman went down to a C main. But it's like he needs more work on clay. So it can be a sliding scale depending on what you're racing on and all that stuff, I think. Well, and and uh, I think that, you know, in the Nitro series, there's no intermediate. So you go from right. sportsman and you go right to pro. Yep. And it's that's a... That's kind of a shock to some people's system. And, and sure. honestly, the people that would complain about uh, a sportsman racer aren't the kids. Nope. Nope. It's and not the kids. So That was frustrating. Like, are you going to call out that rough driving? And it was a sportsman class. It's like, dude, you're all supposed to be. I mean, yes, you're competing. But rule number one in sportsman is to learn, you know. And, like, I've seen some of these quote-unquote takeouts. It's people not knowing what they're doing, and you're lapping them for the third time. It's time for you to move up. That type of thing. But I noticed none of the, like you said, none of the kids were complaining. The kids were just out there trying their best. Well, they're usually carrying on a conversation yeah. with their buddies and laughing. I mean, exactly. it's, that's the way we need to race. <laughs> you know, it's hard with... Um, Steve Strandemo's nephew and Joe three and um, Josiah, when they're done racing sportsmen, it's hard to wrangle them up right off the driver's stand to make them go marshal so they don't go play right. You know what I mean? Yep. Because the second they're done with what they're doing, they're off playing because they're just buddies having fun. Yep. So what do you think, Ryan? Do you have a... 
Kevin? Yeah, for an adult, I I don't even give them the whole season. It's if if you are dominating, go ahead and get out of sportsman. It's it's not for you anymore. Um, it, you know, if you chase it all the way to the end of the year for a title, it's kind of an empty title. Right. That's that's a stepping stone class. That so. dude, see see now this is what I'm feeling right now at Thunder. Not for two wheel, but for four wheel. You know what I mean? Because I'm in the quote unquote advanced class, and I'm going up. I'm going to be forced to move to expert. But so they changed the names of the classes. I was an expert. They changed the name to advanced. I don't know why. And they changed pro into expert. So I'm like, in two wheel, I'm competing with senior and Bonner and a bunch of guys, and it's great racing. And Chris Michelson. But in four-wheel, I lapped the field on Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah, well. But I'm I'm also in that weird spot to where I'm a lap off the leader in expert. I'm in that weird no-man's land. A lot of those guys in that stock wheeler class on carpet um, are quite a bit newer to race. I don't know why they're attracted to that stupid freaking class because they think it's easier when it's 10 times harder is so heavy and you don't need four-wheel drive on carpet the things turn like they're on a rail anyway right the two-wheel drives i i don't understand yeah it's just it's a i'm gonna throw my pen right now (laughs) stupid class (laughs) i gotcha i gotcha car doesn't even belong on the rug yeah all right jeremiah started the whole driver's etiquette thing so we got a whole bunch of driver etiquette questions about when should people be DQ'd, yelling at marshals, do 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 do. All right. He watched intentional hacking take place. And again, it happens all over, man. Yeah. And tell him to go to a Friday night <laughs> at MMR. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And. You know, Chris, before this podcast, he PMs me. He goes, what is going on? All of a sudden, he's like, I'm getting PMs about rough driving at my track. I'm like, dude, you had the biggest race you've ever had. You're going to have four or five whiners. Yeah. I mean, I got. Well, wasn't it Wasn't it the full body class that they're whining about? The, it was so bad all over, Corey. Oh. Not Not so bad. I shouldn't say that. One or two guys in each class. Like I dealt with, you know, the truck A main with the exception of one driver was very clean. And it's like that one driver couldn't get out of his own way. It was that situation. I lapped him like six times and so did Frank and so did Armand, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like. I, I almost felt bad for the guy, but then yet again, he almost took me out while I was leading. <laughs> so there it's like, but he couldn't help it. But now he's talking about intentional stuff. How do you know it was intentional? Because you know what? In second round of mini truggy qualifying, I went out, I lapped a guy, and he took me out three times. I lapped him. He hit me in the next corner. I lapped him in a couple corners. He hit me in the neck. Was that intentional? I don't know. You know what I mean? You can never tell. 
and that's a yeah. pretty pretty strong accusation. So, I mean, here's my thought on it. All you guys who have been in it for less than five years, you've all had it too damn good. You never had to learn how to drive. You know how to drive a race line, but you never learned how to drive because the vehicles out of the box work well. Like if you drove overly hard with, let's go back to a B4, you're going to be spinning in circles. Um, so you never learned how to actually drive and you've never learned how to race with your buddies. You learned how to do that one rocket line. And then if anybody's in your way, torpedoes be damned because you don't know how to deal with traffic. And I see it blanket every form of RC racing. It doesn't matter if it's A-scale, clay, carpet, on-road. It's everywhere. They all have it too damn good, too damn easy. They don't know how to wrench. They, I mean, it's like people are going onto the track with half-wrecked vehicles and taking people out when they're getting lapped. I mean, it's not the same as it used to be to where you had to really... I mean, I'm not the greatest driver in the world, but back in the day, it had to ta- it would take somebody 10 years to get up to mine and Corey's level. And now it takes them seven months. I mean, seriously. So... I don't know. That's just because the older we get, the faster we were. Yeah. That sounds like a T-shirt, but it is. anyway. But, you know, I'm I'm having that resurgence, Corey. I think, <laughs> I, think I got one more resurgence in me because I've been having – I raced six classes in the last three weeks, and I got five wins. So I'm feeling you're, pretty good. You're on the winning train. Yep. And I'm going to go and beat up on a bunch of guys that are going to be on foam tires next week. Is that the Gone Bananas race? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it will be. I'm, I'm excited. That facility is the most insane facility I've, I've ever been to in my whole life. Um, it's really a hidden gem. It's actually closer than Omaha. It's five hours. So, I mean, if you're into any kind of carpet racing or dirt oval, that's a place to go. But yeah, the driver etiquette, man, they don't, a lot of those guys, you got to remember, they don't have the experience in actually racing with people too. So I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Well, I'm, I don't know. You know, I think it, it, it comes down to, um, using your brakes, you know, yeah. I, I watch some of these guys race and I don't think they touch their brakes, no. you know, so Especially in a the beginning of a race, you're not going to win it in the beginning. I've I've been t-boned in the beginning of a race, and it just it drops both okay, of so, you back. Yeah, so the guy waits, you know, which is great. But now both of our race is over because it's a six-minute sprint. Yeah, yeah, so basically. I, I don't know. It's and I know that in those incidents, it wasn't intentional, but it's it it that's a tight track down at five ten and. You know, some of those mini truggy and um, short course four wheel. We were just talking about them as being kind of the black and blue class. I mean, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna rub fenders, and it's it's tight. Well, what sucks is like guys like 
me and Kyle Quast and Ben Selvacool to where we can get the most out of our trucks, but we got to deal with some of the, you know what I mean? It's like I wish there were a couple of other like-minded racers that would come in that class and bump a couple of those guys down to the B, <laughs> as bad right. as that sounds. That's a that's a product of low low numbers in that class. You don't well, get that separation. That, that went down to the C or D main last week. It Mini was, truggy was yeah. Okay, it, it's the quality. Not, you know the old. It's it's the quality, not the quantity. But um, uh, but you know, like all last year, John Martin and I at the toy box had the best battles and we might have touched one time on accident but it was nose to tail all winter long and same with ben Salvacool and kyle quast and armand charland he's turning into a good racer now you know what i mean i you know i think some of that is trust you know on the track with who you're with you know you you trust them you're not racing right backwards you're racing forwards you know what i mean sure sure yeah but yeah etiquette you know and for yelling at the marshals it depends on what you consider yelling like i'll say i used to yell at marshals but now you know it works just as well i'll say hey blank name like hey ryan and ryan will turn around and get my car instead of hey f face <laughs> I might still say that to Ryan, but <laughs> yep, as you should. <laughs> you know, it's it's that uh, you know it, that's acceptable to get a marshal's ex- attention. Be like, "Hey, Ryan, behind you." Sometimes that sounds like shouting at the heat of the mar- moment, and it might be shouting at the heat of the moment. And that marshal should take it. They should think about the situation, but it's when they're like, hey, 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 that type of thing, that gets a little rough. So, Well, I think in, in one of my classes, there was a kid marshalling um, right by the entrance to the track there, and he had stepped out and was blocking the corner. Oh, no. So I couldn't see, you know, yep. the corner, the apex yep. of the corner, and I started... I mean, you got to get somebody's yeah. attention. I wasn't yelling at him, but I was, you know, yeah. trying to get the race director's attention and was yelling, right. you know, please sit down. Can't can't see the corner and then he's like, "Who?" and I said the 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 little kid on the track next yep. to the, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. That's not really race etiquette, but there are there are incidents where you know, anybody can come off the rails and start yelling. Yeah, for sure. We we all kind of get those moments but yeah whatever you know some of the things people are taking personally and some of it you can't confuse intention with lack of talent usually it's just lack of talent or running out of talent for some yeah i would agree yeah so let's put that one to bed because there's a lot of those questions donald donald Tolbert is wondering Nitro Stadium Truck 2022 possible return class to some race venues in the summer. I'd say um, Proctor is the best bet. What do you guys think? I don't think so. I think we had our run in Minnesota. We had our run at it, and um, what we had a couple of years maybe. MNRC one one total. 
Yeah. One total season. Yep. Yeah. I think it'd be a stretch. Yeah. Um. That that's a shame too, because that new ignite kit is really nice. Uh, I just I I wanted to build one just to have, but man, that's a lot of money just to throw away. If I'm not racing it, I'm not gonna have it. Yeah. Um. Cam Lynch is wondering for Ryan, what's left in your RC car fleet? Are we going to see you on clay or carpet this year? Thanks for all the episodes. Rocks and bridges, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you'll, you'll see me on both. Um, you can probably thank Trevor for, um, I'll get up to the five ten, and run some with him since he decided to, Grace us with his presence again. Yep. Um, I still got a two-wheel drive, two-wheel drive clay buggy, two-wheel drive carpet buggy. Um, I got a four-wheel drive touring car. I have a backup car for that touring car, so I actually have two because, as everybody knows, it's hard to find parts right now. Did you see TJ uh, selling Post. his Mugen? Who is? TJ. Yeah, I did see that. I bought uh, Brian Post, sold his off real cheap yep. uh, several months ago. So I bought his as my backup. And so what else do I got? I still have a stadium truck. Nice. I'll be racing you in that. Mine's super dialed. Um, anything else you got? Or is that it? Him. I think we might have lost Ryan. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to pause this here because, yeah, he broke up there. All right. All right, Ryan, we ended that you still have a stadium truck left. Anything else? Yeah, I still have a stadium truck and a nitro buggy. So i got plenty of stuff to play with it. I play with. I just need to get it out and play with it. Nice. Uh, but I'm going to get out and run, run two-wheel drive buggy soon. All right, so this one's more for Corey because um, I didn't start racing in the MNRC until roughly 2007. Cam is wondering, what's some of the history of the MNRC, um, when and how it started, who was involved, previous venues or places that we tried in the past, past classes that were around? He goes, I know it's been touched <laughs> on here. I mean, that's a lot. Wow, but that's a whole episode, isn't it, Joe? Pretty close, but, you know, why was the MNRC created, though? I know just a bunch of guys want to do Nitro, and we started, you guys started it at a Twin City Hobby, kind of, and in Brainerd. Well, I think the the biggest thing was is um, one of the major tracks, I think it was maybe even Northwoods Hobby closed. Yep. So then we were left with, uh, you know, where do we race and how do we get everybody together to race so that we started the series in 2002, which is actually pretty cool because this year marks 20 years in operation. Right. But, uh, yeah, 2002, we started a, it wasn't even a series at that point. It was just a calendar of events. Um, so everybody would meet up at the same track so we could race. Okay. And then, uh, you know, it, it kind of matured into, well, let's keep the points and, and went from there. So uh, originally, I would say that it was myself, 
um, David Ohm, uh, Jimmer Gunderson. Um, I know that I'm missing some people, but those are those for sure the founding founding fathers of the series. When did uh, let's say Tim Jeff Ford and um, Sean Van Dalen join? So I don't have an exact timeline on Jeff Ford, but when Jeff Ford stepped in and started chairing the committee, things really got more formalized. And um, it was probably when the series was expanded to Twin City Hobby and Raceway, because originally um, we raced at uh, Sports Zone in Grand Rapids, uh, Bemidji RC in Bemidji, yep. um, Jimmers, Elbow Creek RC, which was in Forbes, uh, Mike's RC in St. Cloud, Northland RC in Hibbing. So it was kind of a central to north kind of deal. It wasn't, a, you know, it really wasn't a city's thing. You know. So was the Bemidji track still under Brad Trask, or did somebody else take that over? No, it was... Uh, Schaefer, oh. I'm um, gapping on his first name. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um. But, what are some of the biggest, you know, classes? There used to be monster truck, and Truggy took that over. So when it started, it was gas truck, and we did have nitro buggy, but it was one of the smaller classes. Okay. Uh, we had Monster Truck, which was T-Maxes at the time and evolved into um, highly modified Revos. And then we still catered to some electric classes early on. Okay. Um, I mean, some of the notable things that we did is we actually had a race at Park X, which is the old Quadna Mountain in Hill City. Okay, yeah. And uh, they carved a track out of the side of a um, the hill right in front of the chalet and the um, deck for the chalet was actually the driver's stand. So it was kind of a neat one-off race, a totally different venue, and, and it was pretty fun. Okay. But, yeah. uh, you know, things evolved, and uh, we've been to, like, Tees in Rochester, uh, Gravity Ridge, which was Brian Bowman's track at his house, and I think it's in the Alexandria area. I'm not yeah. sure exactly, but... And then, you know, the... Fisk Hobby Farm. So right. uh, Mike Fisk, he was the first to actually put an organized race in the dome, a series he called War W O R. Okay. Does that ring a bell with you? Yeah. So it was called. It was a winter off-road racing, is what it was. And and uh, if you can imagine building a track in the dome and not being able to properly water and pack because it was winter, those right. those tracks were were blowout tracks and it was pretty insane sure but sure. uh yeah so um rooster raceway which was a guy by the name of casey rosted yep I that remember was down casey. in the oak grove area too yep and then of course you know gravity uh excuse me loose nuts tim Sletton. uh they came on board pretty early on and uh ftr which actually had two sites so the, where the track is now, that wasn't the actual original location of the FTR track. Correct. He moved that in 2008, I believe. Okay. Because 2007, so, it was still out in front. Right, on the county roadside. Yes. Yes. That was, ah, man, That I love that track because 
I remember he had this triple section that, like, Steve Nelson and Chad Lindahl would hit it with skill, and then I was the next one that I would say was dumb enough to do it. <laughs> uh, was that the uh, Dragon's Back kind of triple section? Because uh, he made one of those that was just ridiculously yeah. he, difficult. He's made so many Dragon's Backs. It's hard to remember. Yeah, this one was jump on and then jump on another one and then jump on another one. I think so. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, just a shout out to Lake Superior uh, Raceway there. They have been the longest running track participating in the series. I think they they came on board pretty early um, with their track that was on the top of Spirit Mountain. Yep. So many of you might not know that originally they were uh, right outside the chalet or on the top of the bunny hill i guess it would be yeah. on spirit mountain and uh, before they moved to proctor right right all right we got a few more to burn through here before because it's getting late um danny's wondering on a scale from one to ten how big of a dick is ryan for leaving us i say a seven <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tony Swenson is wondering any tips for softening foam tires. The new batch of spec tires at T T's clay oval are so hard that most people can't get them to break in. One guy has a thousand laps on them with no luck. Our usual traction compounds aren't working. I don't know what you're using for traction compound, but the best traction compound for a foam tire, you have two, you have TDK two. And you have SXT. If F SXT isn't working, go to TDK, bag them. You gotta sauce them and you gotta bag them, cause just sauce them at the track is not gonna work. And you also have to sauce them for a long time. Like, and it they 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 use a a totally different type of compound. Maybe it's that's more, a problem. It it feels more like shock oil. Yeah, and you rub it, you rub it deep into the foam. So is it kind of like? And you actually have to get some of it off. Okay, so is it kind of so like? So that's why you go out and run, you know, your yeah, your initial whatever hot laps is to get some of that out. But it's um, it's way different. Than maybe that's anything an issue. We use on clay. Maybe that's an issue. Maybe or anything we use on rubber. I mean, maybe this foam they because like. I know for foam tires, let's say on the asphalt, we used to use like Gojo or suntan lotion. <laughs> That's funny because I was just going to say that. Yeah. Hawaiian Tropic suntan lotion on yeah. foam tires. Yep. It sounds silly as hell, but it worked back in the day. But that's that back in the day voodoo stuff that I don't know if it really worked. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a supply issue because those purple stripe foams for the dirt oval I, I never had a problem with them and it sounds like he's trying to get those whatever the blue stripe yeah the, tires the purple stripe work. the purple stripe foam for bsr is the same shore from 10 scale to 12 scale to whatever and i get what he's saying and that's why i went with the sxt and the tdk i would say do what you're doing with the sauce now and then get another set and get some tdk and really rub that crap in there and bag them. It's just like a clay tire. You sauce them and you bag them. 
Let that crap soak in overnight. Give that a try. Also, their foam tires. Are you cutting them? If you're not cutting them, there could be an issue there. They... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you they they get cut, um, and actually, um, as far as the sprint car tires, anyway, the the rears get grooved up both uh, in the direction yep. of the wheel and crossways as well. So it looks just like a sprint car. Sure, sure. Tire. Sure. So, well, that's good then. They're not just They're running. Grouped up. I know T's, they know what they're doing, but, you know, yep. you'd be shocked when you go to some places. It's like I went to some 12-scale race a few years back, and they were running full foams. I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, this isn't even going to be a fair race, and it just crushed them. You know what I mean? Right. I burnt up two sets of tires doing it, but I won. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> win. <laughs> um, so that's Tony Swenson. Or, you know what? Here's why I say it. Use the sauce you're using and bag them, and then use some TDK and bag them, and then try them out, see which one works best. Uh, Dale Reek is wonder, wondering, what do you feel develops a good RCU racer? Is it spending time on a single class, learning the cl- that class, or run lots of classes and gain track time? He goes, by spending time, I mean practice, learning mechanics, learning. Please discuss in detail what you think. Here's what I think. Two-wheel drive buggy. Stock. That's the best thing. I have four-wheel drive, for some of those guys, is almost like a like a crutch i feel what do you think absolutely it is yeah I totally agree yeah so you should have your two-wheel well back in the old days two-wheel drive stock truck was perfect for people to get into but you know stadium truck when we do have it it's modified and it's not as easy as it used to be but you know what you pick up a b6.3 you put in you put in that forty or fifty-five dollar now hobby wing fixed timing motor because it'll be more than you could handle, and you get laps and laps and laps and laps and laps. I agree. And then you also learn the mechanics of the car. You learn to bleed the shocks properly. You learn the setups. You learn what anti squat does. You know, when you go out there, change your anti squat. Go up a dot. Go down a dot, and see what you like better. You want to try your toe. Go out a dot. Go in a dot that type of thing and don't go a full one degree go 0.5 at a time and see what you feel i mean that's how we all did it back in the day well and i i think that not only the car but you're going to learn a lot about your speed controller and your radio and how to you know set things like epa for braking or um exponential or servo speed for steering or dual rate yeah. You know, all those things that you'll learn that you can carry over into any class. Right. I mean, two-wheel buggy will teach you flow and carrying speed. Yep. And if your radio's not set up properly, too, that's going to make you feel crappy. It's going to make a good car bad. And, again, go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to our beginner segment. Um but he's not a beginner, but I think he's just like kind of like he's on the cusp of really competing in some of the classes. And he's like trying to figure out that little extra edge, I think. I, I will say that if you're running classes that um, don't complement each other, it is right. more of a, a struggle. 
I know. It is. It's. I've been doing forever, and it's a struggle for me going from two-wheel stock buggy to wheeler. Yep. Uh, Frank Miller is wondering, I have a scenario question. During the A-Main, you're the leader, and you have a comfortable lead on second place. You are coming up to lap third and fourth place. Those two guys are bumper to bumper fighting for the last spot on the podium. What do you do as a leader in this scenario? In this case, the leader passed fourth place twice, crash in front of him, giving third free spot. All right, I'm. Uh, there's a lot to this question. Well, here's the deal. I would say it's under the driver's discretion, like in both my mains. So, like, I'm lapping guys in my two-wheel stock main, and I was going, going, going because I got guys behind me if I let them catch up i'm in trouble wheeler i sat behind third place for a good few laps because i had nowhere else to be you know what i mean i think if the lead is more than a half lap you can kind of let them battle it up but it also depends is there a minute left in the race is there four minutes left in the race that's a detail he didn't give us Right. I, that's something I would add totally, because if it's a 30-minute nitro race and you're lapping them at the 15-minute mark, you want to get around yep. them as fast as you can because you want to keep padding your lead, padding your lead, in right. case you have a flame out or something. Sure. You know? Yeah. If it's a six-minute electric sprint race and you're, you're, you know where second place is and you know you have him covered, um, then, yeah, maybe you lift and let the guys in front of you battle it out. Yep. yep. But 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 you're expecting a lot out of that first place driver to be coherent of the traffic in front of him and coherent of who's behind him and how far. And unless the race director's given him all that intel, you know, you can't take the racer out of the racer. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, Let's see. Jeremy Oldham is wondering, so did you get Ben Sovacool to be Ryan Green's replacement? And he goes, let's keep racing fun, guys. And like I said, uh, Ben wants to be on for 30 minutes at a time and talk about local racing, and I think that that'd be a totally good segment for him. But you know, like we've been all, we've been going for an hour 45 now, that type of thing. It just, yeah, <laughs> it, it it's got to be what it's, it has to be. Like Ryan and I have done 45 minute podcasts. We've done two and a half hour podcasts. There's yep. no there's no set time. If you do hook him up for those once in a while, you will. It'll be most effective with him in, in what he's asking for and what he wants. So, like you say, you just do that as a segment, and the people will will love it. Sure, sure. And he'll have fun too because he'll get to talk about what he wants to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Right. In a colorful way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. As he always is. Ryan Eichema is wondering, is it okay to call out former world champions as shitty corner marshals? Oh, man, he made a video. He made people mad, and it was up quick and it was down quick. So it was a a world champion at at Thunder Road Race, at the J-Con Race, sitting on a bucket. A car crashes right in front of him, and he stares at it, and he's looking at the car. And he won't get up. He will not get it. He refuses. Somebody else had to run across the track and get it at Ryan's feet. Oops. Anyways. <laughs> Why did he take it down? Um, Because he got a PM from Bowman. So what? 
yeah, I know. He goes, I just didn't want to deal with the hassle. It's like, you know what? I don't blame you. You don't. It's one of those things. But I'm, I saw it. I'm like, whoa. Absolutely. That's worthy of getting blown out. Yeah. And well, it, uh, again, Jared Tebow's interview, Jared Tebow didn't name names. But he goes, it's pathetic the way he goes, the poor sportsmanship out of the pros with them not marshalling or the poor effort they give marshalling is kind of sickening. That's out of, like, Tebow's mouth. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, yeah, dude, put out the effort is what I'm going to say. And if you can't put out the effort, leave the – we don't we don't care that you're a paid driver. You, you don't – Pros being at a track personally, they don't change my life one bit. I st- I still haven't made the drive up there to see them race in that race. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll drive a long ways to dr- to watch people that I care about race races. Yeah. And I mean, I I like a good majority of the pros and a good majority of the pros and the company owners and team managers are very friendly with me i think they're only friendly with me though because i have this podcast and you know i hate to say it it doesn't do it charts in america but barely but it crushes in other countries (laughs) it really does it's frustrating it like crushes in like malaysia it crushes in sweden all over Europe. In America, it hits like number 250 on the charts. But I get in the top 10 in other countries. So they know. So we got to make some t shirts that are ramen and ran out of talent or something like that? <laughs> I think so. That would be sweet. A ran out of talent shirt with whatever the Malaysian language is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. Anyways, uh, yeah. Man, we gotta hurry up here. Sorry, I gotta get up at four. Uh, Chris Boyder is saying so for the Florida Ch- Carpet Championship. Advertised for a three-day weekend. Friday was practice seating in the first qualifier. Saturday was qualifiers, two and three. Um, he said a pro mod two-wheel drive super pole and a taco dinner party. Sunday was mains. On Saturday they finished qualifiers and the Super Bowl at 6.30 and decided to run the first 16 mains that night. This ended many people's weekends early, many of whom had booked the hotel accommodations for a three-day weekend and driven hundreds of miles to get there. Some even flew. I really didn't care other than I wanted to watch a pro and expert races in person. He goes, I failed to bump Saturday night, so I didn't drive back. Um, out to watch the pro mains. I just watched on Live RC and saved the time and gas money. But there were, but many were pretty upset. And I even pulled an event T-shirt out of the trash can because the guy was angry and threw it away. So is it cool? Well, or he goes, are guys that are mad just overreacting all that? Um, a quality race director is going to look at the mains and say. On Sunday, if we don't do this, we're going to be here until 9 o'clock. Now, I'm not sure when it ended, but I'm sure that's what they were thinking. I'm not sure they're like, oh, let's get out of here at like 2 p.m. on a Sunday. That's not what 
I'm guessing that's not what they're thinking. I don't know. We've done that before, Corey, on the with yeah, the MNRC. Most most of our decisions are usually weather related. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. We also used to run the short course mains on a Saturday night. That was, yeah, we did do some stuff like that. Yeah, but you know that's another thing that made those short course people unhappy. It really did. Because some people, it was the same scenario. They were just there to run short course. They had a hotel booked or whatever, and they planned on racing Sunday, but they're done Saturday night. So I'm guessing the race director did it because of time constraints. But if he did it for another reason besides time constraints, it's a dick move. I mean, it is a nuanced situation. I'd look it up, but man, we got to keep going here. <laughs> um, Kyle Holmberg was wondering, will the 510 try to glue their track surface like some indoor tracks have recently? I don't know. It'd be interesting. Um, I think what they had going last week was a good thing. What do you think, Corey? I think it was just fine. I, will, I, I, I liked think what it. they're doing is fine. Yeah. Like they've had some ink. I think last week was pretty consistent i liked it um will more people build sprint cars to come join clayton and i at hoosier speedway next summer for some mod sprint action on the trioval i might build a street stock i have i'm looking at literally four b6 style chassis and a shit ton of transmission and arms and you know what i mean whoops so I might build a street stock myself. What about you guys? Ryan, you into it? That place has got it going on. Um, my good friend slash cousin slash uncle, I don't really know what he is. <laughs> call him cousin. I call him cousin Jim, but he's my stepdad's cousin. Yep. Um, he races down there and at T's and in, in Ogilvy. And, yeah, I've heard nothing but great things down there. Uh, no. I, I will not be adding anything to my arsenal of summer cars because I, I keep putting money into <laughs> eighth scale nitro buggies that you never and, and race. I never play with them. Yeah. So so Corey, um, Corey, when was the last time you've raced oval? I know everybody from our generation has done it, but it's got to be a while for you. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, I don't even know the last time I raced oval. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I might build. Yeah, but I might build a street stock just because I have the parts. Um, well, I mean, I'm interested because the scale looks of the cars are sweet, and I'd love to paint one and decal it up. But um, yeah. I don't know. I get, I have enough racing commitments the way it is. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, Will Britton's wondering when are you going to build a gas truck? The answer to that is I can't afford to because we're not racing gas truck here and I'm buying a new big one-scale truck coming up in April, May here. So, yeah. That was an interesting post I did the other day. I go, man, I test drove these two trucks and holy crap, man, everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> All I said was I can't make up my mind because I like them both, but for different reasons. Um, so let's see here. 
think we're down to a couple more. Okay, Lonnie Walls is wondering, getting any more Orange Ran Out of Talent stickers? I have to say no on that because those are my own custom color graphics that I get on Boom Graphics Sheet. Now, if you go to Boom Graphics, you can order a sheet of them, but I do not give away the orange ones with the black piping for free. So, I apologize, but I do got blue ones for free. Just come up and see me. And last one from Jeremiah. Oof. This may not be a popular question here, but I have had the conversations about tracks around the cities, and one comes up a lot people don't know exist. Jay's RC Park in Starbucks, Looster Racing. Saw the guy at Thunder one Saturday, said he'd open and happy. Why did it get abandoned? Racers, is it lack of a timing system, bad race directing situation? All right, here's the deal. Both me and Corey have race directed in Starbucks, and I know I've had my fill of it. What about you, Corey? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had my fill of race directing. Period. But yeah, there's I don't know, lots of drama down there, or it seemed. Yep, and you have to keep quote unquote Starbucks time, so you got to have like four or five minutes between each heat, even though it doesn't warrant it. Um, two-hour dinner break on Saturday, that type of thing. <laughs> um, everybody's drunk as hell. And me, a lot of those years, were drunk as hell. That's the first place I got hammered. We were around the pits after everybody went to bed. Me and Cody Campbell were sneaking, like, Zimas out of, like, Tim Larson and Greg Menner's coolers and stuff like that. <laughs> Getting hammered off Zimas and smoking Marbreds at, at age of thirteen. <laughs> we we have way more than enough tracks that we need to try to support locally right now. Right, we, we don't need to be digging up anything out of nostalgia. Yeah. It just yeah, it's and, not worth it. And the cars aren't made for it anymore. I mean, they do it in also Florida. They do it in Florida, but man, it's. It's a lot. It really is a lot um, to make a car work. The, That's red clay. There's there's plenty of traction yeah, on that stuff down right. there. But, you know, there's that B5 rear motor and that new ready-to-run associated, which is a B5 rear motor, basically. Um, those would be good for outdoors, but, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's not going <sighs> to... I hate to be that guy, but if he scraped it out and put in river clay or he put in astro, better yet, if he put in astroturf, the cheap 98 cents square foot stuff to where guys could take their clay cars and where all they have to do is lower them and put on astroturf tires and a gear diff if you're feeling froggy, that would get somebody in Starbucks. So, yeah. Anyway, you know, I don't, I don't know. Please Joe. don't do it because we, no, we have enough tracks. We have plenty. I think there's too many racers that are racers, and they're not, they're not going to half, half asset like that. They're going to go the whole way or not at all. So, right. Then it becomes a labor issue. Do I want to do that and buy the parts and then switch it back to clay? You know. So I, I don't know. I think uh, um, a lot, and even you remarked about I got to get a second chassis. Oh yeah, well no, I I have, for my e buggy, 
I got yep. I got totally different clips for it for AstroTurf and for dirt because you cannot make the cars stiff enough. I'm still working on that. For no. AstroTurf that is. So yeah, it's it's different but it's less different for 10 scale. But yeah, you're right. Eventually, you know, people start putting sway bars on and stuff like that, but yeah, we'll see. Um I don't think I mean You'll get guys like Brett Algren and Greg Minner like, yeah, bring it back. But, man, those guys, they're nostalgic. I'm not really nostalgic anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. anyway, I think we should end this because this is a two-hour podcast. What do you guys think? Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, yeah. Until that. Oh, real quick, thanks for... Thanks to Corey for coming on. Check. Yeah, just one last thing yeah, with go that, for it. Joe. If if there's anybody out there that's interested in, you know, putting shirts on the site, you know, reach out to me and and we'll talk. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on tonight. No problem. Check them out at pwrmerch.com, and everything is just there. It's a nice website. It's super easy to buy stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out. And until next time, we've ran out of talent.